You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another edition of Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. I can report that I have finally finished up writing my Indians top 11 prospects. Uh, that piece, though, likely will not drop until next week just because of the way the months fall just the way things are working out with the World Series. Um, it's going to be spaced out with the timing of the series as well. I, I kind of want to wait for the piece to drop in November, and we'll see how uh, how things go. I mean, obviously, Game Seven's coming up, and that's also going to be the final update on the, uh, the way-too-early mock draft. But, uh, yeah, there's definitely some stuff coming down the pipe. There's some really interesting news that's going to be coming down soon over on uh, 24-7 uh, to do some self-promotion. Uh, I can't say what it is yet, but it is the coolest thing in terms of bang for your buck that they have done since I've become a member of 24-7. That, um, if you've listened to the show, I've in the past said I think that I feel that the subscription is, is kind of high. Well, all of a sudden, that subscription is going to be... Uh, it's going to be the same cost, but it's going to have some other things added in that really make it a, uh, a valuable service. It's going to be a really cool thing. And if you've ever been tempted in the past to become a member, um, I mean, I would greatly appreciate that, as that's typically about 90% of the site's revenue. But the, it's going to gain a lot of value, so... Just kind of putting that out here at the top. If it's been on your mind, pay attention over on my Twitter, Jeff MLB Draft, and there will be some uh, some additional information on that to come this week. I, you know, consider this the teaser for that information. Um, hitting back on yesterday's show where we talked about Lindor to the Dodgers, I did get some pushback, and again, there are some that feel that Lux is a no-go. I know if we go over to the uh, MLB trade site that I used multiple times during the year, they actually have Lux with a higher value than Lindor. And I can see that, um, specifically when you're looking at like years of control, overall cost. Lindor's probably going to make about $17 million this year, and then next year is probably going to be making somewhere in the, the mid to high 20s. So, whereas Lux is going to be making like what, 800,000 league minimum, something like that. Uh, but, you know, I saw some talk about Kiebert Ruiz is maybe the centerpiece was uh, John Mor- Morsey uh, had a piece today over on MLB.com. I just don't think Ruiz is is a central piece. Um, he's an interesting player. He's a good catching prospect. There's a lot of reason to like him. But at the end of the day, the Indians are really locked into Roberto Perez, who was an excellent catcher, um, probably should win the gold glove this year at catcher while being a 20-plus home run guy and just a, a really valuable player in his own, own right. Um, adding a catcher as a centerpiece just doesn't – this is a team you're, – you're not going to add redundancy. The Indians can't afford redundancy. Um, when they traded away pitching, it's because they had you know surplus value and they were trying to fill a weakness. You're not going to trade, you're not going to create a weakness to make redundancy. So if it's not Lux, then it's Verdugo, and you know it's still similar trades to what we discussed before. 
then Chris Taylor has to be involved because the Indians need someone who can kind of step into that role. Um, he has played a little bit of shortstop. I mean, in that case, and you might be better off with Jose Ramirez shifting to shortstop and Chris Taylor going to second base. You still have another issue on your infield, but uh, you know you can plop Verdugo in one of those corner outfield spots uh, and then let Luplo and uh, Johnson form a heck of a platoon in the other with Mercado in center, and you actually have a what looks like a, a very competent to good outfield. But, yeah, it's got to be Verdugo or Lux. It's got to be one of those two. And you can kind of understand. So Lux has more years of team control. He is a shortstop. Yeah, he would have to shift off with Lindor there. But the weakest position for the Dodgers is second base. That is a position that uh, just has uh, eluded them in terms of consistent performance. So if they keep Lux, they're already paying a lot of money to Pollock to play center. You got Bellinger, you got Peterson. Um, there could be, I mean, the only other way would be to talk about Peterson, but I, Peterson's just not a centerpiece. Um, if you're making a, a deal where it's Jock Peterson, then it probably has to be Dustin May. Uh, the one knock you can say on the Dodgers is that after kind of May Ruiz and, I mean, I, I don't think it's really a knock, May Ruiz and... Uh, Lux are just such a high end, and then the the next group, the ja- Dieter Dieter Downs, uh, Jeter Downs, Josea Gray, with those two guys they got from the Reds, who had a big jump this year in terms of performance and valuation, they just don't carry the same weight. Um, it, it sets up a hard situation if you are trying to figure out a trade for a superstar outside of. Uh, them trading Corey Seager, which again, I just don't think would interest the Indians because he's been hurt. He's got exactly as much time left until free agency as Lindor. Um, Seager's name value does not represent what his performance value has been the past few years. So, I mean, maybe there could be a three-team deal, something to consider. Um, It'd be very likely if we were really getting into it. But I just wanted to go back, talk about it. It was still a, a hot topic today. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about another NL West team in a bit here. Uh, we're we're going to finish the NL West tomorrow, and then Friday we'll have another mailbag. So also go over to Twitter, send those questions to at JeffMLBDraft, or email me at JeffMLBDraft at gmail.com, uh, or you can find my Facebook page, Jeff Ellis Draft, something like that. I, I, imagine it's not too hard to locate i think i have a link in my twitter and post it there Uh, many of those places we'll do another mailbag edition so let's talk about the san francisco giants they're a team that um doesn't really have a an identity right now they had all those great years and you know they were a team that really drafted oddly for a lot of years they had a board that didn't match anyone else's You always knew they were going to make a pick that was going to kind of make you go, huh? Um, Typically taking a guy in the first round that has second or third round uh, grade. I mean, not always the case. You know, Buster Posey was the top player on my board that year when they took him. Uh, But a lot of times with those later picks, when they weren't picking in the top 10, it would be be typically a little bit of an off-the-wall selection. Um, And a lot of them just, frankly, have not worked out. So you look at the Giants team in general, 
Buster Posey, catcher, uh, 32 years old. Time is starting to catch up with him. Really nowhere near as effective this year as in years past. Brandon Belt is well paid at first base, uh, but was about a league average bat this year. Joe Panic had a great run, but was eventually released and played with the Mets. Brandon Crawford has seen his uh, offensive production decline and dwindle the last few years. Uh, Mike Yastrzemski, uh, kind of a surprise. I mean, he was their best hitter this year. Um, he's, you know, probably more famous just because of the last name than anything he's ever done. But this year he went out, and, I mean, he's got to enter next year as a starting left fielder. They traded for Kevin Pillar. He was about league average um, offensively, and then he had in the defense. It was a good trade for them. I still, 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 they gave up nothing. That was one of those deals where I was like, why aren't the Indians in on this? And this is back when the start of the year, when they're, I mean, he was traded, I want to say, somewhere in June. So uh, the Indians outfield was an even bigger disaster than uh, it ended up, you know, it ended up kind of working its way out, but it took promotions and trades. Uh, Austin Slater came in and was pretty, pretty average for them. Uh, you know, Steven Duggar got some time, just looking through some of the other guys. Uh, yeah, it's... It, you know, Pablo Sandoval, guys like this. It's it's they relied on a lot of vets on a team that um, caught fire at the wrong time, and because they were close to the wild card and had a bit of a hot stretch, they did not sell when they probably should have, and now they're going to enter this off season um, throwing out the qualifying offers. But because of the way baseball works. Um, the overall salary structure is going to prevent them from getting a bunch of high picks. Comp picks are kind of, it's a, a formula based on team spending and team market, and the Giants spend money. The Giants are in a, uh, it's not necessarily a big market, but what it is is one of the highest income markets in the country. Uh, so, yeah, they could lose Madison Bumgarner and Will Smith, and they could offer him qualifying offers, they're going to get nowhere near what they would have gotten even as rental trade value just because again looking at them this is san francisco uh you know i'm not digging deep into the stuff right now i'm not looking at it but i don't think they would be a team that would really be projected to uh to get hired in a second round pick just because of market size and the overall salary structure there uh as i was going through i kind of skipped over evan longoria he would be okay. Evan Longoria is owed a lot of money. Evan Gonloria, Evan Longoria is a slightly above average defender at this point with a league average bat. The only way a trade would kind of make sense is if the Giants carried most of that money, and then the Indians would have to give up uh, a decent prospect because the Giants are carrying so much money. But why would you want to give up? Uh, I don't know if there's a middle ground in there or it's something like you know. Um, I think Tampa is picking up $9 million of what he's owed, but he's still owed a significant chunk of change at this point. And it's it's one of those situations, like if they want to get any value, maybe there's a way where they pick up. But, you know, Longoria played this past season at age 33, soon to be, or I'm sorry, just turned age 34. He is owed $53 million over the next uh, three years, Part of that is a $5 million buyout at age 37. 
Uh, Tampa is, I was right, sending $9 million. So the Giants are currently on the books for uh, 53.5 minus 9, $44.5 million. And is there a world where the Indians can maybe carry 12 of that? Um, then you're asking the Giants to pick up $32 million to get a you know, a B-level prospect. I, it's hard to figure out a deal that makes sense um, because, I mean, the Giants, no matter what, would have to pick up uh, some money in here. So how, how do you make it enough to make it worthwhile? Um, if the Indians agreed to do like 8, 8, and 5, which is, you know, like half this year, or a little more, a little less than that, and then the 5 million is the buyout in the end, 8, 8, and 5, so like 21 million, uh, maybe he was a 2.4 uh, war player he can still handle third base he was around a league average bat there's a lot of positives there I mean it's a guy who since his age 27 year in the last two years I will say it's like 125 and 129 games the workload is being reduced but yeah, it's he's kind of the one guy who stood out is, hey, in some world, it might make sense for the Indians to consider him. It, it it would be one of those kind of reaching trades, though. I mean, let's be honest. It, it's quite the reach for that to happen. Um, an interesting player who I need to just double check, I believe he's going to be a free agent, is Scooter Gannett. He was injured, and then when he came back, I mean, the, the Reds kind of gave him away. And, uh, I mean, two years ago, guy was an all-star, put up some huge numbers in 2018. 310 batting average, uh, 23 home runs. And remember, the year before that, it was 27 home runs and a 295, uh, both in Cincinnati. Uh, this year, again, injuries really derailed him. And he's not that old of a guy he is uh he'll be 30 in may he's one of those guys you consider on the cheap uh he's the perfect buy low candidate when i talked about that a few weeks ago on the podcast like uh, under the radar cheap players uh gannett mostly has played second base but a little bit in the outfield a little bit in third as well uh but as a buy low candidate he's a perfect guy to to have you know if you can get him on just a camp invite perfect um let him come in and see if he can recapture some of the magic especially just because they only really need someone for a year but that's kind of where i am with the giants where i'm talking about a guy who they traded for as a rental is one of the more intriguing players um in terms of help for the indians pitching wise for the giants um you know mad bum's gonna be out the door Jeff Samarja is an interesting player. Um, I've never been able to feel if he's underrated, overrated. It's you know, He's always had like a high home run rate, and he hasn't missed enough bats, but he's productive. He has been really kind of year-to-year fairly solidly productive as like a number four. Um, the home run rate has been an issue for his entire career, but uh, just doesn't walk anyone. It's it's hard to believe, though, at least from my perspective. It's like I think back that he's, you know, 34 years old. He'll be 35 in January. 
I, I remember, you know, yeah, he was like Brady Quinn's favorite uh, target as a receiver back in the day at Notre Dame. So, of course, he's he's uh, an older player. But it's not one of those where I ever put that together. Now, he is another one that, you know, we talked about how much Evan Longoria makes. And this is kind of the point of why the Giants aren't going to get a high comp pick for their free agents. Smarja is owned, owed, uh, basically $20 million next year. So at least it's down to that. Now, he's another one that maybe not the Indians, but there's got to be a team out there that looks at him and thinks, huh. I mean, especially at the deadline, I'd pay attention. I think that uh, he is going to end up somewhere else for sure at some point next season. Uh, Sean Anderson, one of their top prospects, really struggled. Tyler Beattie has never really put together. I've never been as high on him as some. In the pen... uh, you know, Will Smith is the name, but he is, a again, a free agent. Um, Sam Dyson pitched really well for them this year, so much so that, you know, the Twins traded for him where he did not pitch well. Tony Watson kind of does his thing, but I believe he is another free agent to be. It's Mark Melancic was... Uh, that's the wrong last name mark uh melancon maybe i can't remember but after another guy they gave a lot of money to and then he performed well enough this year that they were able to flip him to atlanta for basically nothing basically what the giants right now are doing is flipping contracts getting out from under them and just being happy with that um yeah, they got Tristan Beck and Dan Winkler, and Tristan Beck has been kind of a, a disaster show in the minors. But the fact they got anything for some of these guys is impressive in and of itself. But the Giants just seem to be about clearing money off the books. That's it. It's all the Giants are doing right now is they're trying to clear contracts. So we'll have to see. I, I don't see a good natural fit for the Indians. Um, the Giants are missing everything i mean this is a team that could it's gonna be in for a long and ugly rebuild it is not a particularly strong minor league system um writing them up this year uh before the season began it was one of those systems that was really kind of shocking how quickly you ran out of guys that you felt good about their chances of making it to the majors and the talent on the roster is is this feels like one of the least talented rosters in baseball when you look at it it just it does it's it's kind of amazing that they were able to put together a stretch to look like a possible contender because this team isn't it's it's bad um so yeah i mean basically what it comes down to it's like evan longoria hey if you pay 90 percent of his salary we'll give you a low-level prospect for him and if the giants say yes then you you try it but other than that, they're just uh, the Giants and the Indians. Probably the worst fit we've had so far in terms of a possible trade. Uh, I want to apologize to a little more scatterbrained or how I sound, a little bit under the weather while recording this one. Debated if I was going to even do a show, but felt like I owed it to those out there listening. Thank you all who are listening. I very much appreciate it. And as always, go Tribe. <laughs>